are listening to Andover Airwaves, which is produced by Andover Public Schools in Andover, Kansas. Well, I am Alicia Rich, back with our next episode of the Family Talk podcast, and today I am joined by Austin Bohannon from Andover High School. Thanks for being with us for a conversation today. I'm really excited to dig into the topic of social media and technology and how that has impacted our kids. And, um, you know, from a parent perspective, I feel like there's lots of questions about what I should be allowing, what I shouldn't, what I need to be worried about, how to train my children appropriately. And so um, I'm anxious to pick your brain today as a counselor and just somebody who spends a lot of time with young people because um, you, I think, have a, a great perspective from kind of their point of view, right, of what, what you're seeing every day, even in a different way than us as parents. So to start, um, I would love to just hear your thoughts. You've been, you were telling me, in elementary school, middle school, and high school, and and for several years. So you've kind of seen this trend of social media taking over, for lack of a better word, what kind of impact do you feel like social media in general or social media usage has had on our, especially middle school and high school kids? Well, first, thanks for having me. Um, I think that the impact that the social media has had on our middle school and high school students has been, um, I don't know if it was something that we accounted for of how Mm -hmm. impactful it would be. Right. When Steve Jobs and I think actually there's a quote from Steve Jobs that that he too kind of realized what iPhones would look like and what this would do, what technology would do um, to our our youth. Right. When he started to develop it. So I think it's had a a great impact. Um, I think it's the one that we see the most right now for good and bad. I I think there's there's both sides of the coin where social media technology has impacted our students in great ways. Technological advances, everything that we use now has some form of electrical components, right? So kids being able to have knowledge and understanding about that can only come from them being able to use it. Mm -hmm. Um, Then you get into the other side where it's the the drama, you know, if you will, the the bullying, the, you know, situations that happen on social media that that don't make us proud as parents, but then also put kids in a really challenging position to make decisions, right, mm-hmm. to um, have to react in, in ways that I think they're not quite ready to react or have the skills at this moment to be able to, you know, react in an appropriate way. So I, I see the challenge, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I love that you said there are some benefits to it. Um, And I think as a parent, we walk that fine line of we can't protect our kids from everything, putting them in a box and never letting them experience things in the world. In my opinion, at least very personally, it doesn't help them prepare for adulthood when they can go out. You know, I could say no cell phone, no social media, you can't ever do this. But then when you become an adult, here you go figure it out all on your own. And I don't want to do that. I want to guide my children while they're still under my roof as far as, you know, what their dad and I believe the the values that matter are and how we instill those in them. And so from the school's perspective, how do you feel like you can give some guidance? Um, You know, what kind of conversations do you have with kids about social media? You brought up bullying and just some of that stuff that they really aren't equipped to handle hidden behind a screen. Their brains aren't developed to the point that they know quite how to deal with some of that. And so how do you feel like the school kind of guides some of that? Let's learn now Mm -hmm. um, while we have you in this safe environment and set you up for success later. 
I think schools do uh, a myriad of things as far as trying to help students understand proper cell phone usage. Um, I think, you know, us at the high school, we're really looking at how do we help kids utilize those things as resources, mm -hmm. right? How do I, you know, you have students, and I'll go with the sports example that, um, you know, I'm on Twitter because my kids are on Twitter and we, you know, post basketball videos and things like that, you know, on Twitter, and that's where college coaches are looking in. Mm. Um, they'll often talk about, hey, send me your film or DM me your film, right? Okay. So utilizing resources that, hey, here's how you put together your highlight clip, here's how you send that out, right? That's a, a positive relational aspect for a student to be able to make that connection with people kind of all over the world um, to get feedback, to get training, to get tools, to get resources. So I, I think the school can help in that aspect. I think we also try and help kids um, in regards to understanding when there is a time to use it and when there's not a time to use it. You know, um, a, a student doesn't need their cell phone. Let's be honest, right? Let's call a spade a spade. Uh, we, we have phones at the high school. So if there was an emergency, if there was a parent that needed to, to get a hold of their student, they could call the school mm -hmm. and your child is there we will pull them out of class. We will have them waiting for you at the office or whatever the case might be. That process has been that process forever. Right. And it hasn't changed. We still have a landline, yeah. you know. So um, it, we get into to, to, to situations that, that are unhealthy. We get into to situations that, that don't look the best when we are not having conversations with students about the cell phone, when, we're, when we stopped, when we let go, right? Mm. When we've just kind of thrown our hands up and just said, there's nothing I can do about it. And I think as schools, we're still trying to figure out, right? What's the best policy? What's the best plan? Um, we're currently in redesign throughout Andover public schools. And so, you know, we're looking at what are other school districts policies? What does a zero tolerance policy look like versus um, more of a lenient accepting policy or versus more of a, a less punitive, right, policy? Mm -hmm that just helps reinforce the idea of you have your cell phone, right? Cool. But this is an appropriate time to use it. And this is not an appropriate time to use it because this is still an institution designed for helping kids learn and grow. So, um, yeah, I think the school is trying to do that in a myriad of ways. And I think we're still kind of processing and figuring out as, as you know, the, the trends change as more data comes out about technology and what it does to, to brains, um, what social media does and, and the consequences and negative impacts on a student has, then we have to shift and we have to alter. I think teachers and educators are, are some of the most flexible people in the world. And so we try and you know stay with what's current. We try and have processes and policies that are up to date with what's current. So that's still always, and I think always will be a work in progress. Yeah. I appreciate the honesty in your answer because I think there are um, there are probably some people that expect the school to have it 100% figured out, have a policy that doesn't change, and that's just the way it's going to be. And the reality of how technology moves and social media and just the availability of different platforms, right? That's constantly changing and what the kids are using and what's old now and only old people use it yeah. and Facebook. the new things that are coming and yeah and and what where the dangers are and so I appreciate your authentic just response that it is going to be changing all the time and it is something that in schools you're going to have to have conversations about so thank you for that you know you mentioned as as we're gathering more data and we have an idea of really the impact that it is having you know when you look at 
the data, it can be scary because you see things about the rise of depression, um, suicidal thoughts, suicide attempts, Mm -hmm. um, lack of sleep, you know, which sounds like a small thing, but lack of sleep for developing brain is a significant thing. Um, And so, you know, do you feel like as we look at those statistics, at least from a parent perspective, they can be scary. And then I can tend to think, okay, well, in my small section of the world, I don't see that right now. And so then it becomes easy to pretend that those don't exist or maybe they're inflated or it's not quite as bad as what I'm reading about. Do you see in everyday life with our high schoolers here that those statistics are pretty accurate, that there is a rise of those things, that we are dealing with more mental health issues now because of social media? I would, I would tell you that we are, are dealing with mental health issues for uh, a variety of reasons, mm-hmm. um, but I, I won't tell you that social media doesn't have a, a very high prevalence in aiding to mental health concerns. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Um, I, I think that what students, the difference, I'm not going to date us here, but there was a point in time where we could get away, right? I would go to school and whatever issues happened at school, I might hear about on the playground, I might hear about in the parking lot, right? But then when I went home, I could get away from it. That was my security. That was, that issue is done right now. I don't have to deal with it right now. What we have now in, in our environment is that students never get away, right? Mm-hmm. So if something has happened at school, the latest gossip, the latest whatever, right? I have it with me all the time. So if something has happened in school um, and it indebitably will get out or undoubtedly will go to social media, now that kid can never escape it. And that's very, very difficult to to process, right? How do I put my phone down? Because now I'm in I'm engaged, and, and when we're engaged, we, we tend to go and do this back and forth, and well, they said this, and now I feel this, and now I think this, and you have this mm-hmm. kind of revolving door of thought, feeling, emotion when you just don't have the ability, I wouldn't say don't have the ability, they just don't have the skill to just yeah. put it down and get away from it. We had that inherent, it was built in for us because we predominantly maybe didn't have phones, mm-hmm. right? For the generation that I'm speaking of, myself, um, you know, I didn't have a phone. So what happened at school happened at school. And if my mom knew about it, probably because somebody from school told her about it, but I didn't have to deal with it at home. Yeah. Um, now it's just constant. And I, I think that puts kids in a really tough position to navigate, right? Because mm-hmm. you talk about the mental health and it's like, okay, what skills do I have right now as a 11-year-old, a 12-year-old, that will help me regulate, right? What skills do I have to resolve conflicts as 11-year-old, 12-year-old? We have wonderful people in this district that I know work their tails off to help build some of these skills. Um, The other side of that is that they just don't have the process or the ability to speed up their brain to be 27, 28 years old. So while we teach them these skills and while they're learning them, they need to have the environment that helps to foster that. And when I don't have the ability to put something down or when I don't have that person telling me, hey, it's seven o'clock, it's time to put the phone away so I can get away from that and start to use some of these self-regulation skills or some of these calming skills or some tools that I might need to help me process through with whatever I'm dealing with, um, then when am I going to do it? You know, because I, I have my phone in my hand until nine, 10 o'clock. You know, well, now I'm still thinking about it. So then you talk about the sleep piece. Well, now it's hard for me to go to sleep because it's 10 o'clock and I'm still up thinking about what, you know, um, Becky said at school about me today. And, you know, I'm still processing that. And that's very hard for our kids to get away because they just don't have the skills yet. 
Yeah, that's a really good point. And, and that brings me probably to the biggest question that I have for you is what advice would you give to parents? So I'm sitting in the seat of a mom with five kids, 15, 13, and nine are the ones I'm thinking about with this right now, right? So we've got a fourth grader, seventh grader, freshman. Um, our freshman has a phone. Um, very limited access to social media because that's the choice that we've made. So I feel like we're still dipping our toes into handling this as a family, you know, but what are what advice would you give me or other parents that are listening about setting up? You mentioned like, okay, it's seven o'clock, it's time to put the phone away. You know, what parameters could we as parents set up to help or conversations mm-hmm. um, that help create that healthy balance and um, again, we mentioned, you know, we could say you can't have any of it ever, but then really that just means we're, in, in my opinion, kind of putting our head in the sand so that we can deal with it down the road. At yeah. some point, we're going to have to deal with mm-hmm. it, whether they're an adult trying to figure it out or a teenager. And so, um, you know, how do we help them create a healthy balance, still protect them, mm-hmm. um, but also try to help them learn to navigate and and be aware, like you said, we can't speed up their brains. They can't all of a sudden be older and more capable than they are in this moment. So what are some practical things that you would tell parents? I think I don't well, it's a tough position to tell parents how to parent because nobody. Well, true. So <laughs> some, in if general, I, if I had, what, if I had advice, yeah, healthy if I had, advice, if I had yeah. maybe some tips or some things, I, I would. And that's more so directed at me because of what I'm what I'm thinking is the mindset of, of, of parenting, right? I think you have be personally, my thoughts, these are my opinions and my thoughts only. I don't want to push them on anybody. Um, but I, I think you have to be in the mindset where I may not be my child's best friend, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm their parent. And that's a different relationship than trying to please my child and make them happy, right? And allowing the the usage of cell phone at any hour of the day and the usage of all the apps and things like that that keep them happy, that, that keep them busy, keep them engaged with something else, at least they're doing something. Mm-hmm. So I, I, when I say I don't want to tell a parent how to parent, I, I would, what I'm saying is that I think that parenting teens comes with collaboration. I, I talk to teenagers about this you know, all the time when they're so frustrated about you know their parents and I tell them that you guys are just going in it's tough because you're starting to move in opposite directions, right? We're trying to raise an autonomous individual that will grow up and learn and make their own decisions and, um, you know, make responsible decisions, responsible choices, regulate all the things, manage yeah. money, everything. Right? Away from us. Away from you, yeah. right? <laughs> but for, you know, 14, 15 years, I've been doing that. I've been helping that. Yeah. So I'm trying to, to let go and they're trying to push away, mm-hmm. right? So we're, we're doing this, you know, rubber band tension, if you can visualize it. And it's very, very difficult. So how do we ease the tension and collaborate where I'm still your parent, right? And they know that. They know that I'm still the parent. I'm still the guardian. But I'm going to to have some collaboration. This can be a collaborative. So sure, right? I'll give in to the idea of a cell phone because I'm not impervious to know that we will have cell phones. And I think you hit the nail on the head with, with even your own child. Um, it's to me about like what apps mm-hmm. are they using? Um, I encourage parents to do your research on apps and this may seem like a tedious process uh, of what i'm talking about um, but i think if your goal as a parent to have your child you know mentally healthy um, have them engaged somewhat with their peers which is important to them 
then you do your due diligence in finding out, okay, what app is, is appropriate, right? What app am I okay with my child having access to? Um, and, and then having that conversation with them about it. You know, you may not have every app, right? We may not have the TikToks and mm-hmm. the Instagrams and um, the different things like that, but here are some of the things that I feel like are appropriate so you can stay in contact with your friends, so you can stay, you know, relevant, mm-hmm. if you will, with, with what's going on. Um, so I would, I would encourage that. I would also encourage parents to know who your child is friends with, mm. um, meet them, right? Have them over when, when you're there, um, meet their parents. You know, I have so many kids don't even know their friend's last name. Mm. You know, I ask them all the time and it sounds like a silly thing to us, but like, you know, does your child really know who, who, who that person is? And the reason I say that is because, um, I find that if, you know, you have a student who doesn't have some of the access to apps, some of the access to things. You have a parent like yourself who um, has been diligent in trying to be collaborative with their teen on, hey, you have access to some things, but you just won't have access to mm-hmm. others. This is our collaboration. This is how we're going to work together. I'm still your parent. You're my child. I love you. And this is what we have in place. If you don't like it, then we can just no cell phone, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to build with you. I think that teen could then also, technology is everywhere. So my friend who possibly has access to TikTok, who has access to YouTube where you can watch, I just found out you can watch TikTok through YouTube. Yep. Right. You have access to these things. So now, cool. I don't have it on my phone, but I'll just watch it on yours. Yes. Um, And that is the idea of, well, it's not my child. Well, my child doesn't have access to that on their phone. Mm -hmm. Or my child isn't looking at that. Well... I wouldn't say that with maybe 100%, you know, accuracy yeah. because it is a very real possibility that your child's friends or who they surround themselves with, maybe their parents don't have the same rules. Maybe their compromise looks a little bit different, right? Maybe their flexibility looks a lot different. Their rules look different. So now you have a child who you and parent maybe don't see eye to eye that you just don't know because I don't know you, but my, mm-hmm. our kids are friends and great. My kid has friends. Sometimes that's good enough for a lot of people. My kid has friends which is huge, right? I don't want to discount that at all, but it's like, do I know them? Do I know what their parents think? Do we share the same kind of ideas, right? Do we mm-hmm. share the same kind of values? And are we aligned in, hey, my kid has access to these types of things? Um, and not that saying that your your kid, you know, has won't have access or doesn't have access to certain things, but I just want to know that, you know, my kid is around somebody who's going to help them grow, who's not going yeah. to feed into the the pressures or who's not going to feed into the drama that they saw on Instagram, that they saw on TikTok or this video or this challenge. And now my kid is exposed and they're, they're going to hear about it. Mm -hmm. Right. This may come as a shocker, but, but high school is, um, (laughs) and middle school, these kids talk about these things. So your child will hear, right. What's going on. They they can't bury their head in the sand. As you, as you say, they, they go to school with peers and individuals who just have different lifestyles, who have different thoughts, who have different values, opinions, I think that's one thing that makes the world beautiful, but it's also Mm -hmm. a challenge at times. So they're going to hear about the things, but is my circle, right? Is my circle that I'm, that I'm shielded from a lot of those things, right? The conversations that go on, the challenges, the things that happen on social media is my circle involved in that. If my circle is involved in that, then chances are I'm going to be involved. Mm -hmm. But if my circle doesn't really see that, we don't agree with that. We don't, nah, don't show me that. I don't, I'm not interested in that. Then my circle helps to protect me in -hmm. an appropriate way where I don't have access to those things. I'm not concerned about those things because this is what we 
like to spend our time doing or this is what we look at or this is what we have access to. So that's why I think just in, encouraging parents to get to know who their yeah. child's friends are. Yeah. Um, meet the that's parents, huge. right? Go back old school. That we, you know, we we have these really great ideas about you know new and trendy things that you know sometimes it's as simple as like, you know, go meet the parent, go mm-hmm. talk to them, have a conversation with the parent, right? Get to know them. Yeah. They're in our kids' lives. Yeah, have that's the family huge. over for dinner. Do you? Right. Yeah, meet for pizza, something. While you were talking, I just kept thinking about conversations with our teens and how. So many of the things you said provide these really great opportunities for us to begin to talk about real life situations where just because I've made the choice not to consume some type of content doesn't mean that someone that I'm close to has made the same decision. And or, you know, I feel like, okay, this is not okay for me, but that person feels that it is okay for them. And so how do you, in a respectful way, still maintain a real life relationship with that person, but draw some boundaries around I don't want to see that or, um, you know, this is a choice that my family's made. And that can be so hard for our teens to stand up and say. So one thing, you know, I tell our oldest daughter a lot is just blame it on us. If you are in a position where you feel uncomfortable, just say, my parents won't let me. And then we can be the bad guys. You don't have to have the conversation you don't feel comfortable having with somebody who's, you know, your best friends, you probably do feel comfortable having that conversation with those couple girls you're closest to. But anybody else, just say sorry, mom, my mom won't let me, you know, roll your eyes, be a, you know, whatever that is, let me be the one that is that protection around you so that it's not you saying, I don't feel comfortable if, if that feels funny to you. And she really has latched onto that. And there have been a couple of times as I'm looking at texts that she's sending, because we do read her texts and, um, we are aware of conversations and, um, that she said that, you know, oh, sorry, I can't do that. My mom just won't let me. And then, you know, I'll ask her about it and she'll say, I just didn't know what to say. I'm like, good, use me. Let me be the bad guy. Um, And, you know, it's interesting. My mom didn't know all the things I was talking about when I was on the phone with my friends or at the lockers because there weren't, she couldn't read texts later, right? And so in some ways, I'm really balancing that too of like that micromanaging piece. And I don't mean that in a bad way because we do look at her phone. But at the same time, she's earned a bit of a right to privacy and relationships that I'm not in the middle of. And so that's another thing to just continue to have those conversations and, and balance out. Um, I like something so much you said there. About. Yeah. The, I had talked about it a little bit earlier, but you, you put yourself in the position of I'm her parent. Blame it on me. I'm your parent, right? If this was a, a friend relationship, well, don't blame me because now I'm the bad guy. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be, I don't want to be, <laughs> yeah. you know. But you put yourself in a position of the parent, blame it on me. Sure, yeah. that's my job. That's my role as a parent. And I think once you assume that, right, which I think a majority of people have, it's, yeah, use that. Yeah. It's okay to blame me. And I think that is a, a beautiful out for anybody. Oh, my mom reads my text, so I can't even, I can't yep. even download. You know, that's a perfect strategy. Um, I was going to say lie, but yeah. yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I, but you, ha- you do have to have quick exit strategies that are simple, that are believable. And I think that, that is, is one of them, but I think you have to put yourself in the position of like, I'm this child's parent and I have to protect them. Yeah, absolutely. As we wrap up, what are some um, alternatives, I guess, you know, for kids who maybe have found themselves pretty comfortable in the world of social media, um, who seem to like to engage in relationships in that way? Because um, for some kids, that's, you know, that's a much safer place to be than face to face. 
Um, what encouragement would you have for parents about things they could begin to seek outside of social media for their kids? You know, I find that um, predominantly the students who are more involved in activities, in clubs, um, and, and, you know, outside sports groups. And when I say clubs, I'm thinking like the high school, we have clubs for mm -hmm. students that just have varying different interests. We have, you know, a chess club and a philosophy club and just different things, right? Any student can create a club and we market that and we help kids find their people. Yeah. So I think the more involvement a child has, especially at the middle school, high school age, um, they start to build that community of people, right? And now I can start to filter through this community. Okay, we have a vested interest together, right? Now who's my who's my people? These are my people, mm -hmm. right? So now who's my my, my few people? Um, it's very very hard to to um, I think talk with teenagers and give them the the zero sum idea and not even zero sum. It's just us trying to forward think that how many people from high school am I still going to remember? Am I still going to be friends with? Am I still going to you know have constant conversations with? And it's very few, this, this flawed idea that I need to have 55 friends to, to feel okay. Yeah. Um, and it's really just, you know, those few good relationships that I have with people and those few good relationships typically come from we have the same involvement, right? I'm in cheer or you're in dance or we're in band or we're in theater together. Um, so I would encourage as much as, you know, a parent can to try and help your kid get involved um, in things. And that may spur to technology, right? You have, I have... A, we have a gaming club, right? Those kids that like to be on electronics, but they do it with people, right? Yeah. They have conversations prior. They talk, they strategize, they they build, you know, prior to even getting on the game. So even if it's an electronic friendship, even if it's an electronic thing, there's still a human aspect that goes into mm -hmm. the, the bonding piece of, you know, I have somebody. And so I think that anything that a parent can do, like I said, to – not necessarily push, encourage, right? See the benefits or help see the benefits of, um, you know, human to human interaction as, as far as a club activity, a sports group, church group, anything of that nature that just gets them around people. Um, they're going to be phones, right? That, 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 is, that is the the one consistent. There's going to be a phone around, right? But at least I'm around people who have a, a liked interest as me and I can talk to them about something because we both are here for a reason. So yeah. I would I would encourage any involvement um, that parents can. That's great. And I just keep thinking about how you started talking about using the phone as a resource, right, and helping them learn because they are going to have it. So how do we use it in a healthy way? And how do we know, okay, in this environment, we put the phone away and we don't look at it. In this other environment, it's okay to have it out. And maybe we're sharing pictures with each other, or do, you know, taking pictures of each other, something fun. Um, I love to take pictures of my, you know, in high school, we took pictures constantly. Um, selfies were a little harder. <laughs> we did not that we didn't try, um, but just you know, creating those those real situations where they're with people who are like minded, and then can begin to say these are healthy ways that we can encounter this tool. And I think that also starts. It's hard to provide teens. They're very um, perceptive to mm. everything that happens around them. Right, middle schoolers are just constantly, you know, scanning the room, you know, for my my shirt, my hair out of places, you know. Yeah. Um. So they're very perceptive, and so if if I'm an adult and I'm with my child and I'm telling them to get off the phone or be more present, then we're guilty of it, right? We have lot, we have things that we have to take care of on our phones. It's very modeling. I'll just 
stop it there. Modeling. Yes. We have to be able to model the behavior that we expect to see because a teenager will call you out on what well, my you don't even put your phone down at dinner, you know, like it's very you take calls, you know, from work while we're sitting down doing whatever. So I think it, it's hard to give what we are not giving. Um, so we have to be able to model that as well. So um, you know, don't ask your kid to do anything that, you know, you wouldn't do. Yeah. The do as I say, not as I do yeah. kind of mantra is, is very, very hard for this, you know, generation to wrap their head around. Like, mm-hmm. hey, I, I'm telling you to do good, even though I'm not doing good. Mm-hmm. Right. It's very, very difficult. So I would also encourage modeling that, yeah. that as well. That's a great point. I learned that lesson with making the bed. When my daughter came to me one day and said, why do you ask me to make my bed every day and you do not make yours? And I'm like, hmm, well, <laughs> I'm going to start making my bed. <laughs> But you're exactly right. They watch, they see it all, right? And they catalog that of, you know, these, you know, four out of the last five nights at dinner, you've had your phone. And then the one night I got it out, I got yelled at or whatever that looks like, right? They're going to keep track of that stuff. do it all the time. And the one time I pull it out, they're very, you know, argumentative in that regard. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. that modeling is so critical. Thank you. Really good advice. Well, is there anything else that you want to share with us before we wrap up? No, I think that... um, People do the the best with what they can. So um, if you feel at some point that, you know, a cell phone is an issue for you, I encourage you to research. I encourage you to to do your homework, you know, Mm -hmm. as the adult to to help your child be more successful because the data is accurate. I think you had asked about that Mm -hmm. earlier. The, the, The data is present. We see it on a daily basis. And I speak for, you know, all of us as high school counselors, and I'm sure as middle school counselors as well, and counselors just throughout our district that we do see the data on a daily basis so um if you're you know a parent or a listener out there that's you know having some issues with cell phone and, and wish your team was more engaged wish things would happen do your research on on proper cell phone protocol and what that looks like at home and mm-hmm. and how do i help and you know obviously i encourage you to reach out to your school counselors because they're great resources reach out to your principals um, because they're great resources at trying to help you drum up some ideas and, and what we see at school right does it look the same at school as it does at home um, and if so, right, we can tell you some of the things that we've tried to help do here at school. So um, I would just encourage you to reach out if you don't know what you don't know. So reach yeah. out and there's always help. Yeah, thank you. And it's not too late to change your mind. If you haven't set some clear boundaries around social media and cell phone use and maybe you're listening and you think, I wish I would have done something differently. Uh, I wish I could go back. You can always set your child down and say, hey, I've learned some new information and we're going to make some changes. And I think it's great to share with them what you're learning um, and just be honest with them and have that open dialogue. And it's okay to set new boundaries and, and expectations around that and get some help when you feel like you need it. So and the beautiful part about that is that their brain is always changing. Absolutely. Right? Until they you know, turn 27, 28, you know, their brain is still malleable, so they can still learn new skills. So if you start late and you hear this, like you just alluded to, you can, their brain is still changing. They can still find a new process. Yeah. It's very possible. Yeah. I love that. That's good news to end with. Well, thank you so much. Absolutely. We'll see you all next time. Mm-hmm.